Okay, here we are. We're back with our, our second show this morning. And uh, on the third Monday of the month, it is Dr. Ray Pete at uh, 1030 Central Time. Dr. Pete is uh, on the on the telephone here. He doesn't have the, the whole camera thing, so we'll just do the telephone, which is fine because the most important thing is what the gentleman has to say with all his massive amounts of research that he has done. He's a Ph.D., got the Ph.D. long ago from the University of Oregon. He specialized in physiology, and he started working with hormones back in 68, dissertation on that in 72, and uh, talked a lot about progesterone and hormones. And his main thesis is that energy and structure are independent at every level. He's got a great website, and we'll tell you about that. And he's here. And uh, Dr. Pete, uh, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. How are you? What's going on in your life? Oh, I'm um, working on two or three new articles uh, right now. Uh, I learned that uh, Gilbert Ling had died last summer, and he's been such a big influence on my work for 50 years uh, that I decided to write a little article introducing uh, his, his ideas to people who uh, don't don't get in, in the usual public media. And Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert uh, I can say it, Gilbert Ling, what was his specialty? Um, cell physiology. Uh, he came over from China on a, a scholarship in the 1940s and uh, very quickly uh, developed a new kind of cell electrode, a very microscopically fine tip that will go into an individual cell to allow you to measure the voltage of just one tiny cell. And that's named the Ling-Girard <laughs> microelectrode, named after him and his thesis professor. And uh, despite being the first person to uh, have the technology for measuring uh, the, the electronic condition of a single cell, his observations uh, were contradictory to the, the dogma that had been established uh, already uh, in the 1930s. Uh, and uh, so ever since then, uh, 70 years, uh, his work was simply uh, not recognized, even though he, he uh, uh, answered all of the objections that people could possibly make and uh, showed that the whole uh, the picture of the cell that sixth graders uh, get in their textbooks uh, and the medical students get it in their textbooks. Uh, it's all a big fantasy. He disproved uh, all of the parts uh, of this uh, picture of cell physiology. And how did how did his work then really affect, uh, say, what you did or what we what we know then about? Uh, uh, health and how the body works. I mean, what what was the big takeaway from that? Um, I, I was um, uh, starting out taking uh, uh, courses uh, 
to, to work in nerve biology or, or brain uh, physiology. Mm-hmm. And uh, discovering his work within the first weeks of starting to read the history of cell physiology, I realized uh, that my professor was basically talking about fantasies. Uh, and so I dropped out of, of uh, the brain end of, of biology research and looked around for uh, people who were closer uh, to the actual facts. And I found that the extreme other end of the organism, the reproductive system, where you can look at one cell at a time, uh, the fertilized ovum, the very beginning of the organism instead of the the highest, most complicated organ. Uh, It was easier to uh, talk uh, objectively uh, about the the physiology of a a single cell uh, rather than uh, the complexities of the mature brain. And it happened that the professor working on reproductive physiology uh, wasn't a a high-powered prestige seeker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so he, uh, when I made observations that were contrary to textbook doctrine at the time, he said, well, is it reproducible? And if so, go ahead. And uh, at, if I had chosen to work with the, the first professor on, on nerve biology, he would have, for example, in describing some of his research, he said, well, first we threw away the bad data, <laughs> and uh, data are data. Uh, you have to uh, explain them away. You can't just throw them away. Mm-hmm. And uh, what he meant was uh, observations that didn't fit uh, the dogma had to be discarded. And uh, when I was working in his lab, uh, I had uh, one of the microelectrodes inside the cell and moving it around I, I showed him that there were different electrical potentials within a single cell and as soon as he saw it it was like he had been electrocuted he uh, jerked away and I never talked to him again <laughs> the, 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 the visualization of what seemed impossible to him he he simply couldn't direct his eyes in that direction anymore. Hmm. Uh, so I, I came to to see uh, uh, the biological world uh, from Ling's perspective, and from that perspective, it's a, a giant business structure that doesn't care about uh, the, the details of reality as long as it can be turned in the profit. Kind of like modern, modern life these days, right? Uh, yeah, the pharmaceutical industry really drives biological research and sets sets the rules. I, do they do that, Doctor P? With on a on a on a, um, on a very um, deep level at the medical schools and and in that area, right? Oh, oh, oh yeah. The medical schools, uh, universities in general, are depending on uh, private funding more and more, uh, and medical schools uh, are hugely directed by the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, 
uh, about 50 years ago, I, I saw some horrible biased research coming out of Yale Medical School. Hmm. And I, I wrote the dean and asked him, uh, how, how much research were they getting from the estrogen industry? And instead of answering me, the dean wrote a letter and said he was insulted that I would imply that uh, money would influence uh, their research. Uh, but he wouldn't tell me how much money yeah. uh, w w was accounting for their uh, very distorted picture of what estrogen does. Uh, uh, another school that I looked at, the, uh, uh, in, in this case, uh, Southern uh, California University, U USC, I was able to uh, get some idea of their funding. It was uh, about 99% uh, estrogen and almost none supporting progesterone research. Uh, and uh, they, everyone in the department, it looked like, was uh, saying something favorable about estrogen and only unfavorable things about progesterone, because that's where the money was. Yeah, wow. Do you often um, see people that do well when they when they take a little extra progesterone? Then? Um, yeah, um, both both men and and women uh, equally depend on progesterone. It's it's a massively important brain hormone, ten times as much in the brain as in the blood, and men's brains have just as much as women's. So it's a, basically a, a, a pharmaceutical industry fraud to call it the uh, pregnancy hormone. Mm -hmm. And uh, we get too much estrogen just from uh, modern lifestyle, the diet, and whatever? Um, yeah, and uh, if you gain too much weight because you're... Um, eating the wrong foods that suppress your metabolism, mm -hmm. or if you're injured or stressed, uh, your any tissue of your body can make uh, estrogen. So even if your ovaries are taken out, for example, in, in rat studies, uh, thousands of articles have been published saying uh, you take out the rat's ovaries and you have a rat deficient in estrogen. But no one measured it until uh, finally a couple groups uh, decided to see what happens to the rat's uh, blood estrogen when they take the ovaries out. Nothing happened. Estrogen went up slightly uh, because if you take out the ability to make a little more progesterone in the ovaries, that is a stress, and the body under stress makes more estrogen. Uh, so the, the whole dogma about what menopause consists of, uh, it, it really is a, a failure of the ovaries to produce enough supportive progesterone to support the brain. Uh, and in that situation, uh, you are deficient in progesterone, leaving uh, the, the body in stress, and in stress it makes more estrogen. Uh, and... Uh, since estrogen under stress uh, tends to deposit inside cells, measuring it in the blood is useless because uh, it mm -hmm. takes the body has to have progesterone to release estrogen from inside the cells. Mm 
uh, and uh, researchers in I think in Sweden, uh, Batra was the man's name who uh, did some of the first research showing that uh, when an animal seems to be deficient in estrogen, if you give it progesterone, suddenly the enzymes that allow it to be allow the estrogen to be released from cells will cause it to appear in the blood and be able to. Uh, leave the body through the kidneys. Uh, so it, the, the details of how uh, stress uh, increases estrogen and decreases progesterone have been known now for uh, about 85 years. Really? Uh, wow. Hans uh, was one of the pers- persons who started uh, trying to define what estrogen is and uh, he called it he said a big dose of uh, estrogen imitates the shock phase of the stress reaction uh, uh, shock uh, turns off your ability to make e- energy and uh, weakens gives you a fast weak heartbeat uh, and uh, 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 all of the um, uh, main functions fail. Uh, that was what, what he saw as an effect of estrogen uh, already in, in the 1940s. Well, now with the, the lifestyles people have and everything going on with the Internet and in the world, you could see how there's so many so many problems then with the ladies going through this menopause. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man. Unbelievable. Dr. Ray Pete is with us uh, uh, great researchers. You can hear he just digs deep. He's a PhD. And, uh, we're gonna jump right in. We have lots of emails and don't have, uh, unlimited amount of time. Uh, Dr. Pete, here's, uh, ANIA. She wants to know about endometrial cyst on, uh, with, uh, can that be helped with thyroid medication? Um, thyroid and good nutrition. Uh, will activate your liver to do what it should be doing, uh, which is to excrete every bit of estrogen uh, arriving in the bloodstream to the liver so, so that whatever level comes in, the liver should be able to excrete it, some into the bile uh, and some uh, uh, soluble into the, the bloodstream to, to leave via the kidneys. Um, so, uh, uh, being uh, either malnourished or low in thyroid uh, means that estrogen accumulates in the body, uh, and it, it, um, the tissues that primarily uh, accumulate uh, uh, estrogen at the highest concentration are the uterus, the breast, and the pituitary gland, uh, and uh, so the, the chronically uh, overstimulated in the metrium of, of the uterus, uh, it, it thickens, and uh, uh, very various things go wrong with it. <clears throat> uh, it um, if, if you can establish a, a proper monthly cycle, uh, then that that should take care of it. it the cyst, along with the the rest of the endometrium, should be sloughed off and start a, a new. Endometrium. So, so the body just will will let go of it. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, let, let go of it. Uh, this is from um, Jeff. He's in Far, Texas. Uh, Dr. Peach said that uh, he recommends drinking orange juice and milk. Edgar Casey said not to, to combine citrus with other foods. Is he suggesting that he has orange juice and milk together? Well, you, you shouldn't combine it with, with meat or an iron-rich food because it will uh, make you absorb too much of the iron. Uh, and, and it can react with the iron uh, to produce free radicals. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know of any harm it does with, with milk, but still uh, milk by itself is safe and orange juice by itself is safe. But not necessarily together. I mean, not, yeah. No, they, they yeah. don't have to be combined. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Khan says, Dr. Peters recommend boiling greens and drinking the water for getting calcium and magnesium. I would like to know how much I should have and how often, maybe in a week or so. Um, that, that's a, a good uh, supplement, but uh, milk, for example, uh, will normally provide uh, enough uh, magnesium in balance with calcium. <clears throat> uh, but uh, if, for example, uh, you're getting cramps or have some evidence that you aren't retaining uh, your magnesium, uh, then uh, just an ounce or so of that uh, uh, concentrated uh, water from boiling greens uh, is enough to relax a cramp. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, again, thyroid is the uh, regulating hormone. Uh, if you uh, need that magnesium supplement occasionally, that probably means that your thyroid function is low because thyroid is what makes your cells able to hang on to magnesium. Magnesium or, or oh, magnesium? Uh, it, it helps you pull magnesium uh, out of your food. So if your thyroid is low, uh, you have a very, very high requirement uh, for magnesium to, to stay healthy and functioning. But oh. as your thyroid function gets normal, uh, you can pull your magnesium out of foods like uh, milk and fruit uh, and meat and sh- seafood and so on. Mm-hmm. Lynn writes in, uh, she's in Australia. Could you please ask Dr. Pete if protein and sugar is best not eaten with starch? Uh, what amount should be left between starch and protein meals? Does this recommendation mean that marmalade, for example, with tortillas or eggs with rice is best avoided? And what foods would actually be considered to be protein or sugar like for this? Uh, um, Marmalade is good with anything. (laughs) Uh, uh, But uh, uh, the starches that can cause problems are uh, combined uh, starches, uh, beans uh, uh, and overripe peas, for example, are starches that are hard to digest because they come with so many other uh, compounds. Uh, uh, grains that ha- haven't been sprouted or, or turned into sourdough bread uh, are harder to digest. Uh, and uh, those 
com- complex uh, starches uh, can feed bacteria and, and cause gas and bowel inflammation. Uh, but uh, starches uh, as a, a pure substance, uh, for example, uh, cornstarch is relatively pure, and if it's cooked, uh, it isn't so likely to cause uh, bowel inflammation. But uh, still, starches uh, are they, they amount to pure glucose if they can be digested, uh, and uh, so the so-called glycemic index mm-hmm. of a starch is the very very highest uh, thing, just like pure uh, glucose solution. Uh, and that means that it's uh, uh, per calorie, it's more fattening uh, than uh, sucrose, the, the sugar of fruit. Uh, that, that's uh, one of the reasons that uh, I say uh, it's good to uh, emphasize fruit and the sugar in fruit uh, rather than grains and their starches, because those starches not only are, are fattening, but they're uh, tending to feed bacteria in the intestine. Uh-huh. She was wondering about, she thought she heard you say that you like cheese maybe with tortillas, and, and she said, what is it about cheese that makes it okay with starch, since it's pretty high in protein? Uh, uh, well, it, it's the tortilla, which is a modified starch. Uh, uh, hmm. the, the Chinese and Central and South Americans uh, many years ago, the Chinese probably 3,000 years ago, discovered that if you cook a grain in lye uh, or in lime, uh, oxidized uh, 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 calcium compound or, or uh, uh, potassium hydroxide from uh, ashes of, of vegetation, uh, those uh, caustic uh, alkalis uh, digest the grain, uh, destroy the uh, things that make it indigestible, uh, turn uh, the potentially toxic uh, balance of amino acids that, that uh, could could create pellagra if you had, had a corn-based diet, for example, convert those into vitamins as, so that tortillas uh, are very rich as a source of calcium and niacin and um, uh, very easy to digest because the corn and the proteins have been partially digested already. Uh, So nixtamalized corn, uh, the kind used in hominy, Mm -hmm. uh, tamales, uh, and tortillas, uh, is uh, not not like any of the other grain uh, starches. Hmm. Dr. Ray Pete is with us. He's here on the third Monday of the month. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Uh, we're going to do a little show on money with uh, Fred Dashevsky on Wednesday. We have a couple of other things in the works. Um, um, Dr. Pete, uh, before our first break here, I thought I'd ask you about your your personal um, theory or take or do you think this coronavirus thing? Have you have you looked at it? Do you think it's going to get uh, bigger and bigger here, or do you think it's going to fade out? Do you have any opinions on that? If the CDC and the pharmaceutical industry and the World Health Organization have their way, it'll get really big business. Uh, but so far, it looks like it's 
very similar to the old uh, corona uh, viruses, uh, possibly as much as 50%, uh, maybe twice as virulent as the average. But mm. every variety of flu uh, is a little different. And uh, where uh, the average flu, uh, about 1% of the people who catch it are already very sick, and uh, so it will kill about 1% of the infected people. This one is killing 1.5% or 2% of the infected people, so it, it is a, a little worse than the average, but uh, still nothing uh, very uh, uh, worrisome. So they'll they'll come out in a year from now and say, well, we have a vaccine for this or that now that so you can get yeah you know. uh, yeah and uh, the, the trouble is that those vaccines won't have been tested for safety and uh, going back uh, to the 1970s and the swine flu uh, uh, vaccine uh, those, those vaccines weren't tested and in fact they caused vastly more deaths than the swine flu, hmm. many, many times more more deadly, uh, uh, and thousands of people were paralyzed, uh, hundreds, uh, uh, I don't remember the uh, exact number of, of deaths, but it was, uh, there were only, uh, in the United States, there was one death blamed on the swine flu, uh, and basically uh, it was a, an epidemic of uh, virulent vaccine vendors. My goodness. Uh, stay right there, sir. Uh, uh, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com with Dr. Ray Pete. Hope you enjoy the show that we have Dr. Pete and we have people on all the time. Uh, well, every day uh, we have something on. Um, sometimes we're beginning to do uh, archive shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays now. Give my Give me a, a little rest on Tuesdays and Thursdays to do some other things. And uh, then we're doing stacking up more shows. Sometimes we'll do three shows Monday and Wednesday just to bring as many people as we can to you. We always welcome your mm, your suggestions. We get them all the time. Uh, somebody you'd like us to have on the show, just email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com. Previously with Brandon Amalani of Shen Blossom talking about our very special ginseng. And you don't want something that's been corrupted coming into your body. Like the ginseng is a super important example of that. You know, when you're using aggressive alcohols and solvents, it has a it has a strange effect with um, ginseng in the sense that when you're not only over-processing it, but putting it in really aggressive alcohols, what's going to happen is that you're going to flip the chemistry on some of the uh, androgenic. Naturally, it's androgenic. It's going to basically protect the telomeres and, and add life to the body and, and protect the genetic replication of the cells. But it's also going to boost the androgens and boost the, the male hormones in the body. But if you incubate it in really aggressive alcohol, it flips those to become estrogenic. Now, estrogens, phytoestrogens are not necessarily bad in balance, 
But you really don't want that with your ginseng, especially if you're getting like a really high quality, a really old root, something that's very special. You want to like treat it with care and make sure it's delivering what ginseng has to offer. Just a short clip from Brandon talking about the way they do the ginseng, just to give you a better idea of where this company is coming from, the quality and the ethics. Brandon and the Shen Blossom link on OneRadioNetwork.com. You've heard us talk about this uh, really terrific sauna that we have. It's the it's the relaxed far infrared sauna, and we think it's um, boy. I, you know, the more I the more I think about it, and I look at the ones out there, and I've looked at a few of them. I think this is one of the best choices ever that you could make for a sauna because of well, because of its effectiveness and the cost and the ease of use that you get with this sauna. Um, very quiet, uh, low EMFs on uh, down uh, around your feet. You know, it has some magnetic energy in your feet, uh, in your calves and things like that. And um, But no uh, no RF, you know, no real um, electromagnetic fields to speak of anything. Nothing to really concern yourself about. Um, they get very, very hot. We'll sweat a lot. And you can use only one of the, the units, if you like, at the bottom, the right and the left side. And then uh, just get like half the heat and even do it for a longer period of time. It's very good for the uh, sympathetic, parasympathetic uh, balance. Um, with my little kind of things I've been going on with my sleep, and it it's really been uh, helped me a lot sometimes just to, to get more relaxed uh, Something you know is going on subconsciously, and or you know in the tummy or something. But it's it's very powerful unit. If you'd like to get one, you just uh, give me uh, an email, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com, and they're one thousand one hundred fifty dollars, one thousand one hundred fifty dollars, and um, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, good people, uh, great product that's made in Taiwan. A medical university in Taiwan, and uh, they've won several awards as well. So no plumbing or anything like that. You just uh, it's got this uh, silver um, silver material, which is antibacterial. You can see on that picture there that I showed you. They're 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 really nice units. I think you'll enjoy it. If you got it in your budget to get one, just email me and we'll hook you up. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. We are listener-supported, One Radio Network. Well, it's February 17th, and I hope you had a good weekend. Um, Dr. Ray Pete is here on the third Monday of the month, and that's uh, at uh, 10, uh, when do we do it? At 10.30 Central Time, I get my times messed up. It's, uh, yeah, Doc, your, your main website is, I don't have it up right now, so I, it's drpete.com, is that correct? drpete.com. Hold on. I'm sorry. I, I had the wrong. It's drpeat.com? Uh, R-A-Y-P-E-A-T. Oh, just oh, raypeat.com. Raypeat.com. Yeah. 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 And you're doing a newsletter. You do that uh, every couple months, right? People want to get on your newsletter list? Uh, yeah. Uh, a subscription is uh, for two years, 12 issues every other month. Every other month for two years. And they can do that uh, right on your website. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um uh, uh, no, not on the website. Uh, it, it's uh, 
uh, e- email for that is newsletter at gmail. Oh, that's com. right. Yeah, sorry. RayPeetsNewsletter at gmail.com. Sorry. Um, wow. Does Dr. Pete have any ideas on what I could do for narrow closed angle glaucoma is making a hole that is commonly recommended in the iris a safe thing to do? Um, and is it possible to reverse some of the damage from glaucoma? Um, y- yes. Um, uh, your your uh, physiology is uh, uh, a stress physiology increases uh, the pressure in your eye uh, somewhat like uh, the, the blood pressure. Uh, and uh, some of the same things that uh, will lower your the blood pressure will correct the uh, 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 glaucoma uh, symptoms, uh, redistributing, uh, improving the circulation uh, to, to your uh, uh, interior of, of your eye. Uh, uh, thyroid and progesterone are the main uh, hormones uh, uh, balancing the, the fluids. Uh, the the uh, angiotensin uh, system. Uh, you've heard of the ACE inhibitors, uh-huh. angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that system uh, will, um, uh, uh, if you correct that, uh, um, you, you don't have to use the, the drugs specifically, although those drugs do uh, affect the pressure in your eye. But uh, uh, improving the balance uh, of your thyroid and progesterone to uh, the stress hormones, estrogen, cortisol, uh, and serotonin, uh, will uh, improve uh, the the pressure in your eye and uh, uh, the the function uh, of the nerves. Uh, uh, Some of the articles uh, on my website uh, relate to that, but uh, it's... uh, uh, Something that takes takes some attention and uh, uh, frequent measurements of the pressure to see see how it's changing, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the, the uh, surgery to to punch a hole in the iris, uh, the, the um, uh, use of a laser uh, is uh, uh, con- considered the, the the best technology, but any. Uh, uh, injury to tissues in the eye has the risk uh, of increasing the pressure in your eye uh, uh, with potential uh, harm. Uh, so it's good to investigate the the known side effects of a laser uh, operation in the eye. Do you think it's possible that we have some kind of infections going on with the glaucoma and um, cataracts? Some people are suggesting that. Um, uh, yeah, there's always uh, uh, a, ch- a change in, in your uh, bacteria load, uh, but that interacts with your whole physiology and your hormone balance. Uh, and uh, so um, uh, things, very simple things like uh, avoiding the uh, indigestible foods, uh, irritating and allergenic foods that cause inflammation, uh, those 
cause a, a bad balance of bacteria. And uh, the bacteria that normally live in other compartments, such as the lungs, <clears throat> uh, receive signals from the bacteria in your intestine. Uh, and so uh, they aren't just harming your intestine, but they're sending signals uh, doing things such as increasing uh, your eye pressure. Uh, and if the uh, some of those inflammatory signals, if they're active inside your eye, uh, the the lens depends for its nutrition on the constant flow of uh, liquid uh, through the substance of the lens. It's permeable and is constantly pumping uh, nutrition and oxygen through itself, uh, and so the. The, the same factors that can raise the uh, pressure inside your eyeball uh, can also decrease uh, the flow of nutrition into your lens, leading to the development uh, of uh, a swollen area uh, that, that becomes opaque uh, because it doesn't get enough energy. It can't keep uh, regulating its water and salts, and so it, it um, uh, simply swells. Uh, uh, creating a, a blockage of, of the light. Interesting. You've done so, more, so much work with hormones and talk about them. I wondered, is there a, a simple kind of a test that um, men and women can take to really get a good overview mm -hmm. of their hormones, their balance? Um, the Life Extension Foundation uh, now has some uh, hormone uh, panels uh, for a very good price you can get hmm. uh, maybe a dozen uh, hormones special for men and and women uh, and different situations but uh, uh, they have uh, sales on uh, usually in the spring uh, where you get extremely good uh, prices just a fraction of what you would uh, pay if you went through oh. your doctor that's a pretty good company right life extension pretty good organization uh, yeah, yeah, pretty good. And um, you do, is it a uh, saliva? Is it a what? Saliva test? Oh, 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 no, blood test. Oh, it's a blood test. Yeah, the, the, the saliva tests uh, for certain things are, are, are very good, but uh, I don't think you can uh, rely on, on the steroid uh, hormone tests like progesterone. The, your, your saliva changes its composition. Mm -hmm. Your different emotional or, or even uh, appetite conditions. Uh, and uh, so blood test is the, the most reliable. Uh -huh. Here is a man in his mid-40s struggling for about 15 years with depression, sometimes using SSRIs, but in later years, they don't seem to do much for me anymore. I hate taking those things anyway. Now I understand that uh, Dr. Pete is no fan of serotonin. I would love to hear his general view on the cause of depression, and at least in my case, related issues like fatigue, stress sensitivity, and memory problems. I appreciate your opinion. Um, the body temperature is very important, and uh, uh, doctors, instead of... Um, thinking about why it's changing. Uh, there have been publications in recent years saying uh, the human body temperature that 
had been recorded as normal for more than 100 years. Suddenly, in recent years, it's no longer normal. Hmm. Uh, body temperature averages now well below 98.6 or 37 Celsius. And uh, what's happening is that the population is, on average, becoming sicker and hypothyroid. Uh, figures are showing that uh, inflammatory diseases are increasing like an epidemic among young people. Uh, uh, the the um, premature death uh, incidence is increasing in young people uh, uh, just since the turn of the century. Uh, many things that increased uh, 40 years ago, uh, uh, those things seem to be contributing uh, to increased incidence of all of the, the uh, slowdown in, in function, uh, in, including depression and uh, infl inflammatory diseases. Hmm. Uh, uh, the first thing uh, to check really is your temperature and, and heart rate uh, and see if, if you're uh, burning too few calories. Uh, you, you should be able to at rest uh, burn uh, something like 2,000 to 2,400 calories, uh, just uh, your, your basal metabolic activity. Uh, should be producing a lot of heat. And if your adrenal hormones and thyroid hormone uh, are uh, lower than average, your energy is going to be lower, and that makes everything stressful. And the um, uh, estrogen is one of the uh, fairly extreme indicators uh, of a stress state. But serotonin is... A, a, a universal indicator of stress. It, it will turn on all of your uh, pituitary hormones, for example. Uh, and uh, it, th those hormones, serotonin and estrogen, are sort of like uh, beating a tired horse. Uh, they, they will increase some functions and make you uh, feel better uh, temporarily, but they're doing it at the uh, risk of, of harming uh, various vital functions. Uh, uh, estrogen acts on the brain somewhat like cocaine uh, to keep things uh, excited uh, all the way up to uh, creating a, a seizure if it's too excited. Uh, and uh, as the, the fever, as, uh, as the uh, energy uh, uh, production decreases, uh, the, the brain uh, shifts over to those emergency things to uh, uh, try to uh, keep going. Uh, adrenaline, serotonin, uh, and estrogen uh, rise as your thyroid uh, and metabolic rate decrease. Uh, and uh, uh, the, those can uh, either create uh, mania, overactivity, or, or uh, depression and underactivity, uh, and uh, ke keeping your thyroid up is the uh, essential basic thing. Uh, th there have been experiments in recent years uh, repairing the, the energy system uh, without 
attending properly to thyroid uh, using chemicals such as methylene blue, uh, which will carry the electrons that the thyroid hormone should be carrying. Uh, but um, people have seen very uh, uh, great improvements, for example, in both depression and dementia, uh, correcting uh, the energy uh, deficiencies that were causing the problems. But uh, uh, methylene blue is just a, a, a poor chemical substitute for the active thyroid hormone, yeah, yeah. Uh, supported by things like DHEA and, and progesterone and pregnenolone. Uh, all of those three steroids are, are brain hormones. Here's, here's an interesting one for you. Does Dr. Pete know how to tell if a uh, memory is a false memory? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, all of our, our memories, uh, we remember. Uh, we put things uh, together every time we remember. Uh, the, the past is always uh, with us as a potential, and we have to put it together as a, a picture uh, uh, that uh, represents what we have experienced. And uh, so if you uh, uh, learn a, a new situation that you weren't aware of before, uh, then you, you can create a story uh, that uh, ex explains uh, what you now know to have been the situation. Uh, uh, so, for example, uh, if people thought they were, were growing up happy but then uh, learn that their parents uh, were doing something wrong, then they can uh, uh, create memories that explain hmm. uh, what they now know to be true, but uh, that they didn't necessarily uh, experience as they were going through it. Interesting. Now, here's a eclectic email for you. I'll see if I can read this properly so you can understand. It's a little a little convolute, but we'll get to it. Uh, let's see here. Past shows, Dr. Pete has suggested uh, thinking of ourselves as autonomous creators. However, since mitochondria seem to have a will of their own, which is for us to always be happy, as evident by how it is mainly cellular hypoxia, which seems to be analogous to a lack of contentment, unhappiness, interacting with PUFAs and iron to cause free radical damage, loss of cytochrome C degeneration, then does it mean that being a creator would mean that we are imposing personal will upon the will of the mitochondria? And if the will of mitochondria is analogous to the will of God, then imposing personal will on God instead of doing God's will. Well, okay. Uh, I, I don't think of um, mitochondria as separate at all. They're, mm -hmm. uh, they're reflecting the happy, uh, active, energized state of the cell, which we are experiencing when we're feeling happy and creative. Uh, uh, when we feel ourselves as whole and complete, uh, that's because our body actually is functioning. The, the nerves mm -hmm. that are part of our uh, present consciousness and feelings, those nerves are all the way through the body. They're contacting 
individual cells. There are these very fine filaments uh, lying next to to the individual metabolizing cells, and the the nerves are interacting with those mitochondria and their uh, energy metabolism uh, electronically and oxidatively interacting so that the, every mitochondrion is in close communication with our central nervous system. Hmm. Uh, and uh, so we're, we're an energetic uh, oxidizing whole uh, with, with purpose uh, and uh, perspective on the universe. So it's really, it wouldn't, would you agree there wouldn't be a stretch to, to conjecture that our state of consciousness, what we believe and what we think is real and, you know, our state of consciousness is totally intertwined with every part of the body at any given moment. Is, is that fair, do you think? Uh, exactly, yeah. Uh, the, the picture uh, of, um, uh, little compartments and uh, machines, all of that. Uh, uh, that's that's this uh, medical hmm. uh, pharmaceutical myth that has created this machine-like uh, picture of the body. But uh, hmm. really, it's it's a, a continuous functioning, uh, smooth unit all the way from bottom to top. Uh, everything uh, participates in our our meaning and purpose. Yeah. So I wonder, just just take a hypothetical situation, Dr. Pete, if somebody has one, two, three, or whatever, things going on that mm, possibly just resting for a long time, believing that the body can heal, and just watching that process, there'd be a pretty good chance the body could heal, couldn't it? Oh, oh yeah. yeah it, it's, uh, it will, won't it? I mean, that's what it does. Uh, yeah, it, it, the the things that happen around us uh, can help us heal mm-hmm. or sick. Uh, I, I remember once years ago when I had the TV, I was watching <laughs> uh, some Supreme Court judges talk, and uh, I, I immediately went to measure my blood pressure uh, within a minute of listening to them, and it was, uh, uh, I think it was 168 over 110. That's <laughs> like, I don't need to be watching. That'll get, you'll get rid of your TV real quick, real quick with that. Uh, and uh, seeing possibilities open up uh, can have the opposite effect of uh, uh, helping everything to uh, heal uh, to come together in a, a functional way, mm-hmm. uh, the, the you you read stories about uh, instantaneous healing. Uh, I think that's what happens. Uh, the body uh, suddenly sees a perspective in which it mm-hmm. it can uh, realize itself and uh, uh, stop being sick. Stop being sick. I guess there must have been times in the past where this idea of resting to heal was taken more seriously than it is today? Oh, uh, yeah, that, that used to be the, the basic thing. To, uh, uh, to heal. Uh, yeah, to lie down and and stop eating mm-hmm. uh, the, the stuff that was making you sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and rest. Uh, yeah, yeah, rest um, uh, lets you um, redistribute your energy. Uh, uh, and... Uh, uh, 
mental mental rest as part of it, but then mental activity becomes part of the the healing and recovering process too. And I guess in many years gone by, they even with having a baby, uh, they would the, they would have the mom rest a lot longer than they do today. Oh, oh uh, yeah, uh, and uh, just recently, uh, someone uh, was having a, a tendency to miscarry, and uh, mm-hmm. they said, "Wouldn't uh, bed rest help?" It, it always did. Uh, uh, like uh, I think Sophia Loren oh. uh, was said to have spent six months in bed to make sure she had her baby, but uh, recently this person was told, "No, there are no." controlled studies showing that it helps, therefore don't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't know if any of the historical movies and plays and books are are accurate at all, but I'm just curious, you know, two, three, four, five hundred years ago, when you just had, I guess, just natural food, there were no chemicals, we had no pollution, we had no cell phones, um, but it didn't seem, if you go by the literature that people lived all that long. What do you suppose that's about, if that's true? Do you, is it true? Um, uh, no. no? Uh, there, there have been uh, areas and times when people uh, had uh, harder, shorter lives, but uh, the, the Roman Empire kept very good uh, uh, vital statistics. Oh, really? Uh, and uh, uh, so we know that... Uh, uh, during the uh, age of 20 to 30, men had a, a fairly short uh, lifespan because they were uh, always at war. Yeah. But uh, the, the people who survived their 20s and the women, their lifespan, life expectancy, was almost identical to 20th century Europe and America. Uh, uh, into their 70s uh, was the, the standard life expectancy. Is it true uh, that the Roman soldiers, they used to just, um, what did they do? They, the diary where they knocked their teeth out because they they always got their teeth knocked out in war and that would be terrible out on them. Is that true? And then they, how did they live? What did they eat? <laughs> um, some some cultures have, uh, uh, for example, sharpened their front teeth to make them be- better warriors. <laughs> but uh, I, I imagine uh, some sometimes uh, they, they thought it made them like like the the Germans used to uh, put a sword uh, cut scar on their cheek. Uh, right. Uh, I imagine knocking out the front teeth could uh, make them look heroic. Yeah. Yeah. What are some things that Dr. Pete might recommend to help detoxify the body of a chronic mold infection and then then get after the hormone imbalances that it has caused? Uh, uh, for an internal uh, fungus infection, for example, a little bit of flowers of sulfur, just a pinch, hmm. two, two or three hundred milligrams, uh, taken, taken orally uh, for two or three days uh, will... Uh, uh, suppress the uh, uh, back, uh, the, the, the candida type uh, fungus, uh, and uh, uh, some some of the bacteria too, and even some parasites. Uh, what happens is uh, a fungus secretes uh, enzymes that uh, convert 
the inert yellow sulfur uh, to hydrogen sulfide, uh, sulfide locally, mm-hmm. uh, which is toxic uh, and poisons uh, the yeast. But in the con- concentration that uh, just diffuses into the intestine, that small amount is an antioxidant. So it's very safe to the intestine, but toxic to the fungus. And uh, the sulfur soap or a a dusting of uh, yellow flowers of sulfur can be used on the skin uh, as an antifungal. Very effective. Just about 200 milligrams for two, three days, and that's it? Yeah. That's flowers of sulfur. That's different from the sulfur that we promote, right? This is... Yellow flowers of sulfur, right? Yeah, it's a very fine powder because it's made by precipitating it, uh, not by grinding it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ground uh, uh, milled sulfur doesn't work. Yeah. Please ask Dr. Pete, this is from Amy in San Diego, um, if it is important only to eat organic grass-fed beef liver, or is it okay to buy regular beef liver and his feedback on anything he may have to say about that? I uh, never worry about uh, organic uh, liver because partly it's hard hard to find. Uh, you can get it by mail order frozen, for example, but mm-hmm. the liver, uh, there were experiments uh, years ago in which they uh, analyzed uh, commercial uh, uh, animals uh, before they were slaughtered and then they looked at, at the urine, the blood, the steaks and the liver, and all of the animals were contaminated with agricultural chemicals coming in uh, in their urine and blood, and they found it in the muscles. Uh, it, it was coming out of the muscles even uh, 24 hours uh, uh, in isolation. Uh, it was still coming out of the muscles and showing up in the blood and liver. Uh, blood, blood and urine, but when they checked the liver, uh, if there had been 24 hours uh, uh, isolation from those chemicals, uh, the liver uh, was able to uh, capture and destroy them, so the liver was the cleanest organ in the whole animal. I'll be. That's interesting. Wow. Um, Amy goes on to say, I urinate every couple of hours almost all the time, and a full bladder. Uh, and can this be a thyroid issue? Um, uh, yeah, the, the, when your thyroid is active, uh, you're burning calories, maybe 2,500 to 3,000 calories a day uh, if you're active. And uh, if you're burning, say, 3,000 calories a day, you will be breathing out about three quarts of water every day. Uh, and uh, that means that if you uh, eat uh, moist food and drink uh, three quarts of water, you, you won't have much left over uh, to, to eliminate as urine. Uh, but if your thyroid is very low and you're burning only a 1,000 calories a day, and you drink two quarts of water, then you're going to form uh, more than a quart of urine because your uh, metabolism is not vaporizing the water and blowing it out 
uh, in your exhaled air or, or evaporating from your skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Michael says, how does Dr. Peak keep his skin moisturized during the dry winter? What topical substances could be used to prevent dryness? Um, for, for one thing, in, in the winter, uh, you shouldn't um, bathe excessively. Uh, soap will dry your skin. Oh. Uh, and uh, in the winter, indoors in a cold climate, the air is very dry. Uh, and so you want to, as much as possible, uh, preserve the uh, oils uh, formed in the skin uh, protectively. Too much washing uh, is simply uh, damaging the skin. Second part, he says, oh, what are the safest antihistamines to take for seasonal allergies? I have arrhythmia, and uh, a lot of first-generation antihistamines can induce long QT syndrome and increase the risk for cardiac events. Um, I, yeah, the, the, the Benadryl, if you don't take it uh, in excess, uh, Benadryl is safe, especially if you're having itchiness on the skin. Uh, you can use it topically uh, and not absorb very much. Uh, uh, the the uh, uh, an herb, uh, the name doesn't come to me, but uh, mm-hmm. it's a stimulating herb, mawang. Mawang, yes. A desert Tea, ephedra, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the um, uh, ephedrine, uh, I think, doesn't have that effect uh, of uh, creating a risk of, of, of uh, heart stopping. Mm-hmm. And I think ciproheptadine, uh, which uh, uh, reduces the uh, not only the histamine effect, but the serotonin effect, uh, I think that's safe for the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, emailer wants to know, is it okay to supplement with taurine? Taurine. With, with what? Taurine. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's safe. Mm-hmm. You've spoken about various needs of the lungs. Can you please suggest ways to p- help pulmonary fibrosis? All inhalers and meds have, have no effect so far. I've looked the red lamps, uh, MSM, and... Um, Homeopathics. Um, uh, yeah, fibrosis anywhere is uh, uh, r- r- something that can be uh, prevented and, to some extent, remedied. Uh, fibrosis of the heart, for example, uh, leads to heart failure. Uh, fibrosis of the liver uh, and kidneys; uh, the, those, those all have a common uh, hormonal uh, cause. Uh, and the lungs are, are just uh, an area that uh, fibrosis is very noticeable because uh, you, you uh, have less and less uh, ability to uh, move the lungs and to um, uh, have, have the oxygen diffused through them. Uh, in animal experiments, uh, one dose of estrogen was enough to uh, eliminate uh, uh, 95% of the oxygen getting through the lungs. Uh, uh, estrogen creates a condition of uh, effective oxygen de- deficiency by wasting oxygen, 
and it's the oxygen deficiency that uh, leads to the collagen formation and the development of, of fibrosis in any tissue. And uh, the uh, same uh, hypoxia uh, leads to uh, the, the um, angiotensin, which tightens blood vessels, uh, it will create the pulmonary uh, hypertension. Uh, it, it's very similar physiology to the fibrosis of the lungs, uh, the uh, uh, tightening of the blood vessels uh, that, that stresses the right side of the heart and uh, leads to uh, one-sided heart failure. Uh, and the uh, the drugs uh, that have been uh, uh, found to specifically uh, interfere with that angiotensin uh, tightening and fibrosis process, uh, they are approved as uh, treatments uh, for high blood pressure, uh, but they are extremely variable. There are uh, probably 20 uh, different drugs, uh, and uh, you have to... Uh, find out about the side effects of each of the drugs. They're, they're widely prescribed, uh, but uh, lots of doctors don't realize that they are protecting uh, against fibrosis as well as hypertension. Excellent. Amanda writes in that she has per, poor circulation in her hands and feet are often cold, and I'm tall and thin. My hands are veiny, and I'm wondering if this is a result of poor blood supply, perhaps thyroid and deep tissue massage might help, question mark? Um, uh, thyroid and progesterone uh, can have a big effect. Uh, uh, the estrogen, uh, uh, besides uh, creating uh, the shock syndrome that, that weakens uh, the way your heart beats, uh, and uh, it activates uh, the angiotensin uh, that... Uh, I was just mentioning it in connection to the lungs. Uh, it, it acts uh, everywhere in, in the body, and uh, progesterone and thyroid are, are the main things pr protecting against uh, angiotensin, fibrosis, and uh, uh, vascular uh, deterioration. Uh, the, the bulging of veins on the back of the hands, uh, even though the the fingers will be cold because they aren't getting enough blood. Often the veins will bulge on the back, and uh, uh, that's because they aren't getting enough energy. They're in a shock-like state. Uh, and uh, I I've seen progesterone uh, make those veins disappear uh, with in less than an hour. Really? Uh, wow. Wow. This is an interesting one. Is it possible for stress or trauma to transform saturated fat into polyunsaturated fat? Um, to, to a slight degree, uh, the, uh, those, those enzymes that desaturate saturated fats uh, are, are uh, responsive to stress, but uh, I, I don't think it, it's... Uh, anything harmful because um, if, if you start with a saturated fat, the unsaturated, polyunsaturated natural fats 
aren't nearly as toxic as the uh, polyunsaturated fats that we get from the environment. Uh, I think you've had Adam Bergstrom Uh talking about, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the, the fats we make with our own enzymes don't go down that route to uh, a yellow fat disease or, or any of the PUFA diseases. Oh, and that's what this second part is about. Uh, very timely. After four years of reducing our polyunsaturated fat supply, what about lipofuscin? Are we stuck with this muck, or can we get rid of our, or can we get rid of ourselves, or at least some of it? Oh, oh uh, uh, yeah. Um, progesterone uh, is a big help by blocking uh, the, the estrogen uh, that uh, interacts with, with the uh, PUFA uh, to make that pigment. Uh, just by just by blocking those estrogen-dependent enzymes, uh, uh, like on a spot on the skin, uh, I've uh, applied progesterone and completely eliminated some of those typically uh, senile uh, brown spots on the skin. Just progesterone on that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Could you please ask Dr. Pete about potatoes? I know he's recommend, recommended to eat them with plenty of butter or cream to slow starch absorption. Um, so, yeah, how much butter? Are you talking about a lot of butter or what? And do you eat potatoes, she wants to know? I, no, I haven't eaten potatoes for a long time, mm-hmm. but... Uh, I, I did uh, thoroughly experiment with, with the things that make them harmful. Uh, if they're very, very well cooked, uh, they're somewhat less allergenic. If you happen to have uh, uh, an allergy to that family, potatoes, uh, eggplant, mm-hmm. peppers and potatoes. But when they're very well cooked, it just takes a, a little, um, uh, like a, a pat of butter, to, to a potato uh, will, will protect against the perception. I see. So, so these allergies, um, are these something that, are they lifelong thing, or do we grow out of some of these, or, and they're centered in the gut? A, a lot of allergies nowadays, uh, 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 I recently saw on Robert uh, Kennedy Jr.'s uh, website, uh, he mentioned that uh, child allergies uh, before the, the 1970s were uh, less than 3% of kids had serious allergies. Mm-hmm. A- after uh, 1989, I think he said, it was about half of all kids have wow. allergies. Uh, and uh, he, he was saying that uh, vaccines are a major known cause of, of allergies. Yeah. But I, th- I think there are many, many things that uh, uh, the, the culture and especially medicine uh, are, are, are doing uh, to, to pregnant women and kids that create the allergies. Right. We've had several vets on over the years, Doc, that conjecture that that's the same as well for the for the uh, for like you know the dogs and the cats, mm-hmm. the vaccines, you know, and the allergies they have to certain foods. Mm-hmm. Couple more here. Is Dr. Pete aware of a good source of pregnenolone? I know that there's been issues in the past with many sources 
of causing poor side effects sometimes due to E-X-C-I-P-E-I-E-N-T-A. Excipients? Oh, excipients, okay. Excipients, I should have known that word, yeah. Um, I I think some of it has just been bad manufacturing uh, uh, impurities, not not deliberate excipients, Mm -hmm. but um, just careless, uh, incompetent manufacturing, I think, has left estrogenic uh, materials in it because I've heard so many women uh, saying that repeatedly, uh, every time they try uh, several different brands, uh, of uh, pregnenolone, they get uh, swollen breasts, uh, uterine cramps, uh, and uh, uh, PMS symptoms. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> there shouldn't be any symptoms at all <clears throat> uh, from good pregnenolone. Uh, it uh, simply, in animal experiments uh, over the years, it reduces any hormonal imbalance. Even in very large amounts, it doesn't have any intrinsic hormone effects at all, but it will uh, prevent uh, uh, cortisol excess, for example. Mm-hmm. Here's an email, Doc, with um, venous insufficiency, also known as venous reflux, uh, in her 60s. Would this condition be related to an imbalance or deficiency of progesterone or estrogen? Um the wall of the vein uh, uh, consists partly uh, of smooth muscle. And uh, when your energy is low, uh, for example, low blood sugar uh, or uh, uh, hypothyroid uh, as the root cause, uh, with low progesterone, uh, the muscle is simply too weak to... uh, keep its normal diameter, and, and there are valves, uh, flaps of, of tissue from the inside wall on each side of, of the vein, and so when the vein gets too big, those flaps uh, don't meet each other. Uh, when you constrict it to a certain point, the flap on each side of the wall meets the flap on the other side, and you have a valve uh, that prevents the, the blood from uh, going uh, back where it came from. Uh, and uh, uh, w- when you get, for example, enough uh, progesterone in relation to the anti-progesterone uh, effects, w- which can be anything blocking uh, energy use, uh, including estrogen excess, uh, uh, then the, the, uh, the pressure uh, uh, allows... Uh, the, the veins to swell up so the, the valves don't meet. And, and just by getting uh, your energy level back up with thyroid and progesterone, uh, these veins will uh, close up enough that the valves begin to function. Here's one for you. I have read that some people seem to shed more hair, scalp hair, while taking thyroid supplements. Could you please ask Dr. Peter, is there any truth or science to this? What would cause this to occur? Uh, There was was a study in the the 1970s in which uh, someone had uh, the antibodies needed to identify a real thyroid glandular substance, and they bought uh, 
10 different brands from pharmacies in the United States that were sold as thyroid uh, glandular USP supplements. And they found that of those 10, only two of them contained thyroid substance. <laughs> and uh, eight of them uh, were sold as <clears throat> thyroid but contained no thyroid. <laughs> and uh, I uh, got uh, one of those uh, sold uh, as thyroid and found that it contained only casein and iodine, uh, uh, an attempt to uh, fool the USP uh, uh, testing because it, it contained protein and iodine, and that is all the USP requirement uh, tested for. They assumed that the supplier was uh, providing an actual glandular material, mm-hmm. and they used the uh, iodine measure to indicate how much of the gland there was. But when there's no gland at all, uh, the test uh, can't detect that because it's looking only at the iodine and the protein. And uh, so um, my uh, decision to, to, without having to get antibodies and very expensive testing, I I found that cats could tell the difference. And uh, my my cat uh, loved real thyroid and would eat any (laughs) any quantity. Uh, when, When I gave them... Uh, other brands that were sold as thyroid, the cat looked offended and tried to bury them. <laughs> that's hilarious. So, I mean, but that's not good for the cat to eat those, right? What? It didn't, it didn't bother the cat eating those? Oh, oh no. Uh, the, uh, a friend, uh, I gave a friend a, a baggie with about uh, probably 30 or more grains of thyroid in it, and her cat found it and ate the whole bag and I said, how, how is he? Does he look sick? And she said, no, he's just sitting there purring and smiling. <laughs> Hello, thyroid man. <laughs> uh, can a 66-year-old woman take progesterone every day without a break every day of the month? It, uh, the, the liver uh, adapts to a constant supply, uh, and so usually... Uh, the, the effect of, of a given dose is going to get weaker after using it for a month or more. Mm-hmm. And so just to keep the potency of it, it's good to stop it for a week every month. A week every month. Okay. Uh, you've mentioned thyroid protects against androtension, writes another emailer. So can we help our thyroid? Uh, um. Can you help your thyroid? I don't know what they're asking here. So can we help our thyroid? Um, By uh, keeping your meat intake uh, lower and your milk, egg, and cheese intake as a higher proportion of your uh, protein Mm -hmm. for the day, uh, that uh, is less thyroid suppressive uh, than than too much meat or fish. Uh, but uh, uh, often uh, the, the trend, uh, because of, of the polyunsaturated fats we've been exposed to increasingly in the last 50 years, uh, uh, the, the proportion of the population 
who is hypothyroid has increased tremendously, and uh, so so the average person uh, at the age of 35 or 40 uh, will will benefit from uh, at least some thyroid in the diet. Uh, when people uh, before 1940, uh, people who who ate sausages or um, chicken or fish, for example, mm-hmm. were always getting some thyroid in their diet. Uh, the, the fish head was used for soup. Chicken necks were put in the stew. Uh, uh, beef and pork thyroid glands were put into sausages. Uh, and so people were eating thyroid regularly until the U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, said it had to be sold to the uh, drug companies yeah, to yeah. dispense under prescription. So we all got a little thyroid. Mm-hmm. Here's a final email for Dr. Ray Pete this morning, February 17th, 2020. He'll be back a, a month from now. Hi, what does Dr. Pete think about drinking food-grade hydrogen peroxide? It can cause serious burns. Yeah. You got to be real careful with that, too, right? Uh, um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I did enzyme experiments uh, measuring uh, the uh, ability of a particular tissue mm-hmm. uh, or, or or blood, for example, to uh, oxidize to dispose of uh, hydrogen peroxide, and uh, every time I, I did the enzyme uh, activity curve, they would always, after uh, usually about two or three minutes, the enzyme would be killed by the peroxide. So even the enzymes like catalase that are normally disposing of hydrogen peroxide, when you get just a little too much, the enzyme itself is destroyed and can no longer detoxify it. Then it starts destroying other types of protein and tissue. Uh Dr. Pete, do you have any experience uh, over the years with uh, using a nebulizer? You breathe? Oh, yeah. Um, as a, as a kid, uh, that, that was a common thing, uh, a, a little tent and a, a, a vaporizer. Oh, it's a vaporizer, not nebulizer? Um, uh, yeah, the, the nebulizer is just a fancier is it? way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, sir, thank you so much for uh, being here today. Once again, uh, I thought that email, isn't that email link on your website? Uh, for your newsletter, or that's just people have to know what that is? Um, I don't think it's mentioned on the website, but it, it's repeats newsletter at gmail.com. Right, and we always put that on the show page for repeats newsletter at gmail.com. All right, Dr. Pete, thanks a lot. Happy February, and uh, we'll see you next month. We appreciate your time this morning, oh, as always. Thank you. Yes, sir. bye bye. Dr. Ray Pete, uh, OneRadioNetwork.com. Really fun guy, man. Remember all that stuff, all that research? Man, man. Well, um, I gotta take a nap. I tell you what, it was just, oh well, I won't go into that, but, uh, I had a very difficult, very difficult night last night. Uh, just, nothing was happening, boy, especially in the sleep department. Well, we're cracking the code on whatever is going on, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Appreciate your ongoing support. Oh, doodle. All right. 
That's cool. Appreciate your ongoing support. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for being there. Uh, we're going to take a day off tomorrow, and um, we'll, we'll uh, have a nice show for you, um, an archive show in the back. Do some things on money tomorrow and uh, our Wednesday, and uh, a couple other things are in the works that we'll have for you. So um, that's our show for today. Thank you uh, uh, for being here, and I love you all very much. You're doing great, and uh, may the blessings be. Take care.